Cause we got the alternative energy Unmicular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network This club is Indians dead I don't want your pity I'm just trying to survive I cry as I watch all my people die Look at this bottle of cheese Hello and welcome to another edition of The Radioactive Show, brought to you this week by Crunch. On today's show, I'll be playing interviews with Eamon Russell and Dennis Banks, two Native American activist warriors who have been working towards land and social justice throughout their lifetimes. The recordings were taken in April and May 2015, when Radioactive Show co-producer Jem and I were lucky enough to travel to the US to attend a peace walk-ride run called the Movement Towards a Nuclear-Free Future, which was organised by Footprints for Peace. Dennis Banks is an Ojibwe man who co-founded the American Indian Movement in 1968. We visited him at his current home and birthplace on the Leech Lake Indian Reservation in northern Minnesota. He'll feature later in the show. First, though, an interview with Eamon Russell from the Navajo Nation in Arizona. Eamon ran with us on the journey from the Y-12 weapons facility in Tennessee to New York, where we arrived in time for the meeting of the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty Review Conference. He has been involved in the runs against nukes and sacred runs for many years, and we hear him speak on the struggle of his people to exercise their sovereign rights when coming up against big business and governments. My name is um, Eamon Russell, and I'm a First Nations person from originally from Arizona. I'm from the Navajo Nation, better known as Navajos, but we call ourselves Diné. Diné, Diné means um, the people in our language. So that's, I'm a full blood, and that's who I am. And what brings you to the movement for a nuclear-free future? Basically, um, First Nations people in this country... I think all the way from um, the Barron Straits all the way to Tierra del Fuego, you know, from uh, North America to the tip of South America, the indigenous people, they have to struggle a lot and fight a lot for for rights. Like with my with my nation, we we have. Um, Coal mining, uranium mining, water rights, and sacred sites, recognition, and just numerous, you know, hunting rights or whatever. And I've been told before that um, Native people in this country or or um, they're oppressed and repressed and controlled by like over 2,000 more policies and laws than, let's say, white Americans or African Americans or Hispanics. Mm. So that's what we're faced with. So that, that as a Native person, you, you, it's a struggle. You know, the, your life is a, a struggle all the way through. So, And culturally, I think um, that's what brings me out to, to these events. Running, we're doing. I'm I'm running on this event, so 
running in my tribe is a is a big big cultural uh, thing to do from from youth to however far you can take it in your life. So you mentioned uh, the different types of mining that happen on your land, and do you and your people have the right to say no to those projects? That's a kind of a tricky, complex because. Um, Tribal, so-called tribal leaders in the past have uh, made um, deals with with um, state governments or federal governments or or um, mining companies without the uh, the consensus of the whole tribe, and a lot of it had to do with um, uneducated. By that I mean um, they didn't even speak the language. These leaders. And I don't know how these um, treaties or whatever you call it were were determined. So we're stuck with all that now, and and the federal government uses that on us. Mm. They say the treaty is a treaty. So and mostly a lot of um, tribal governments are corrupt. You know they have. Um, um, they seem to be puppets for for the federal government or mining mining companies. Mm. So it's 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 really hard to um, say why is why is this now even with water rights because they were signed into laws by people that really didn't know what was going on, mm. and it still continues today, you know, with um, coal mining. And um, uranium mine. There's no more uranium mines on 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 our lands, but there's proposals. Mm-hmm. And as a tribe, we're supposed to be sovereign. But that that can mean, you know, it's, we can say no. We we can and we have before. I think the current president has has um, put in said no to uranium. No more uranium mining. But that doesn't that doesn't mean it's going it's going to be it's going to stay that way. Mm. Yeah, I know similar things happen sometimes with Aboriginal communities in Australia, where either the representatives are handpicked by the government or mining companies, or there's issues around language or understanding. Or I think sometimes companies have come in and you know said that radioactivity is healthy and really yeah. misleading things like that. Is there anything? particular to nuclear power and weapons and uranium that you see the need to stand up to and protest? Yeah, I think um, it needs to be abolished. You know, there's nothing good about it. And the more people get involved in it and the more um, grassroots movements are, and they need to be informed, you know, like my people... A high percentage of them are, um, and they're elders. You know, they're in their later years in their lives, and they don't speak English. Mm. And these are the people that are really vulnerable and taken advantage of, and they count as votes. So even a tribal um, representative can come and, you know, speak to them, and. It's it's really weird because um, they can vote on 
um, just because they like the person. And they can vote for a person because it's in their clan. We have a clan system. So they, they're related somehow, even though they're from um, Eastern Navajo or Western Navajo. But we go by clan. Mm -hmm. So if, if they know this person is the same clan they are, and say, I vote for this guy. You know, so so um, that's also a problem because... When you try to explain to um, people, a group of people that don't speak English, you you know, it's hard to say these minds or whatever is, is not good. Yeah. It's hard to, when it gets to um, technical terms and political side of it, it's really hard because you had to do all the translation. And still, they don't understand until it's really impacting their life directly. Say, a family is living right on the edge of mining. Then they see, you know, and it's probably too late. Hmm. So that's what, um, it's, it's really complex and, you know, it's hard, it's a hard struggle. You've been hearing from Eamon Russell, a Native American activist from the Navajo Nation in Arizona in the United States. He just mentioned the impacts of uranium mining, which have been felt by some Navajo people who worked in the United States' first uranium mines in New Mexico in the 1940s and 50s. These mines, with shocking safety standards, provided some of the raw material for designing the world's first nuclear warheads, the Manhattan Project bombs that were dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. We'll now hear another excerpt of Eamon discussing the ongoing health impacts on Navajo community of, from those early experiences in uranium mines. The first mines that was um, mined uranium was on Navajo territories in, in Arizona and Utah, New Mexico. And Los Alamos um, laboratories were pretty close in New Mexico. So that's where a lot of the bomb was. A Manhattan project was um, transferred there. So, but the legacy of um, those uh, mines are still happening through birth effects or it's either in the aquifer systems in the water and even the generations are coming up um, with a lot of defects. And it was just only recently, maybe 20 years ago, that a lot of them, the abandoned mines were um, capped. All this time they were blowing in the winds. So, and the first mine workers were Navajos, and there was no, no safety. They handled it with bare hands, and they used picks and shovels, and they freed it. It was on their clothes, and they brought it home. You know, it was uh, the whole their their homes were contaminated from the beginning. So, you know, and now today, um, there's proposals to reopen those mines again. That was a clip of Eamon Russell talking about the health effects of working in the early uranium mines in New Mexico on the Navajo miners. Now we'll hear from Dennis Banks a founder of the American Indian Movement and lifelong warrior for Native American rights, sovereignty and justice. We were lucky enough to visit him at his home on the Leech Lake Reservation in northern Minnesota. We sat around the dinner table, 
overlooking the lake and had the conversation you will now hear a small snippet of. Topics range from stories about freedom struggles like at Wounded Knee to the recent local efforts of Dennis and the Ojibwe people to gain increased say over the water levels of their local lakes. First up, Dennis describes how policies, rather than physical violence and invasion, have wreaked the most devastation and actual violence upon the Native American nations. Over to Dennis. so I say to America, I want you to remember our past. This past will give you direction for the future. Just as our people in our past, we are the spirit of the future. The spirit of this land lies rooted in the history of Native people. This is Dennis Banks, also known as Now Coming. I am also the field director for the American Indian Movement, founding member of the movement, and uh, host to, at my home to many, many people. America. We never weaken like the spirit of Chief Joseph. We In 1787, the United States Senate and the House of Representatives combined issued this U.S. policy on Indian affairs. The utmost good faith shall always be observed towards the Indians. Their lands and property shall never be taken from them without their consent. And when you look at the how they did take it, they did take it without our consent. Well, the government's policies, the programs failed, failed miserably, including their own program when they tried to destroy Indians. They couldn't kill us all, so they, they tried to use legislative means to destroy our identity, destroy us as a, as a people. So, failed, failed bad. But it cost, in terms of emotional hatred and the, the wrong, wrongful, ugly deeds that were committed by the churches and by the government, military. It's, it's, been a, it's been a bad experience with Native people. And it'll probably go down as probably the most... The nation of, of the U.S. will go down as probably the most vilified nation in the world, but by American Indian people. You know, on one hand, people are clamoring and, you know, sucking up to the government money. They come home, then then they join the ranks of people who condemn the government for, for their policies. I condemn them all the time for the policies that, they, that they've initiated, initiated against us. Mm-hmm. They've taken more land away from us through legislation than they have by, saying, conquering us on the, on the military battlefield. Mm-hmm. We took away the Black Hills. They took away this. Over 60% of our reservation went to create the Chippewa National Forest. Mm-hmm. Chippewas have nothing to do with this forest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's our land, but they call it... Before it was called the Minnesota National Forest. Mm-hmm. 
when they changed the name to the Chippewa National Forest, as if we have something to do with it. Mm. It was our land, of course, mm. and but they run it. They, but guys like Dennis Banks go out there and you know trespass on our land every day. Go are look you, for. Are you allowed to use that land for hunting and fishing? For that? Are you? Do you still have rights there or no? Well, the government says we'd have no right yeah. be out there, uh, even for hunting, but uh, but we but yeah. we do it. Mm -hmm. you know. Then they they try to take control of this lake by they built this dam over here, mm -hmm. so now they can regulate the water that goes through this dam, and this if they let a lot of water out, the rice bed goes down, mm. and it ruins ruins the rice. So. The Corps of Engineers controls that. But I, since since the first I can remember, I was a, I was born in Federal Dam. All the times my mother, and my grandmother used to say, you know, these schmooks should just go home wherever they came from. And that's my grandma used to say that all the time. Our grandmother, the moon. Hello out there, this is Dennis Banks. You're listening to 3CR 855 on the AM dial since 1976. You've been hearing Dennis Banks, an Ojibwe man and founder of the American Indian Movement. When we met Dennis at his home on Leech Lake Reservation in northern Minnesota, he fed us wild rice grown in the lakes on the reservation. We'll now hear his story about how the Corps of Engineers, a military-run body, control the water levels of the lake and the efforts being made to hold them accountable. Although this is arguably one of Dennis's smaller battles, it exemplifies the domination of US authorities and the military over Native American land. In the spirit of our ancestors, gone long ago, we are still strong. So how does that affect the wild rice? Well, if they let out too much water, mm -hmm. and this is, there was an angry meeting that took place three years ago and because a lot of water, the water was going down and I noticed it, but everybody noticed it almost at the same time because you, you can drive in your, your, I have a motorboat, I had one at that time, and I could get all the way up to the lake without, but pretty soon I, I was dragging bottom. I was, my, my motor, the propellers were hitting it. And, mm. and I was thinking, oh, what the hell's going on here? And then I noticed, you could see the level of the lake where it's kind of dry here now and where it used to be, this side. So I went, I went down to the uh, Corps of Engineers over to the dam and I said, um, I said, is, is, are we letting out too much water now? Mm. Guy's name was Tim. I got I got to know Tim. He, he's a ranger. I said I, I used to I used to make fun of him. I said I never. I said, do you work alone? He said, yeah. I said, the lone ranger. Wow. <laughs> and uh, he looks at me. He doesn't smile at all. <laughs> You know, what do you need, Mr. Banks? <laughs> I said, well, I don't know. I said, I'm dragging. 
my boat's propellers are hitting the rocks and everything. I said, he says, well, he says, um, he says, yeah, we release a lot of water here. Mm -hmm. I said, well, who, who controls, you know, who? He says, well, you should come to the meeting. It's going to be Friday evening. It's going to be at the, in Walker. We put it out all over. You know, you're not the only one. Matter of fact, you might be the last one to complain, but resort owners have already been complaining. Mm. And so I said, okay, I'll be there. And um, I've always had running arguments against the Corps of Engineers. You know, they come in working for the military, and sometimes they... They come in wearing their military stuff. And, uh, well, I went to the meeting, and they says, uh, it, it was packed, resort owners, and oh my God, the business people from Walker and Cass Lake and, and around the surrounding areas and Whipple, it was packed, and there, people were outside waiting and, but I got to, I had signed up, uh, when, when I was over talking with Tim, I said, well, can I sign up? Yeah, sign it here as a speaker. So I'm outside and they're saying, Dennis Banks, Dennis Banks, you're up. So they used to let me in. So I started saying that, uh, and there was four, all military guys, Corps of Engineers. So the military, the engineers? The military controls the... Corps of Engineers. Right. They fix dams, make uh -huh. dams, and control the water after that uh, in many parts of this country. Wow. So, and people have been angry with them because they have flooded towns. And mm. one, one town in North Dakota had flooded the entire Indian village, all of the graveyards. And, and oh, wow. mm. There was a lot of hurt going on over there. It, um, uh, it, uh, three affiliated tribes. So I went to that meeting and I said that, I said, first of all, I said, uh, the Corps of Engineers, you have to be looked upon as an enemy to my people. I am an Ojibwe. And I said, and one of the guys said, those are pretty strong words, Mr. Banks. I said, well, You've been doing some wrong things to our people. I says in, and I gave a talk about the, the wild rice suffering from low water. The wild rice will go, will will keep growing, will grow to nine feet tall. But where it stops growing is how much weight can it can it can it support itself before it cracks, just cracks over. It. So it'll grow that long. But if it all of a sudden it grows that far, and then you start dropping the water, mm. the weight, the level, then it'll just fall over. Mm. And then then in the swampy area, that's where a lot of um, a lot of medicinal plants are found. And that's where a lot of our people will go. I go there, I get swamp tea back there. Uh, but there's a lot of medicinal teas and plants, and also how we make the birch barks. There's a root goes underneath the, in, in in the marshy areas, and that it's it's called wigum, and you can cut it. Say it's about this long. The, the root 
and you can split it right down the middle and you can keep going like that and it'll, it will not tear and it will not go off on its own. It'll go all the way to the end of the root. It'll still be in the middle. Then you can cut that on a quarter and you do the same thing. Then you use that like sinew to tighten up your... I made that canoe up there. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So then you it, told that story to the engineers. Yeah. And what did they say? Well, well, I only had 10 minutes to, to, to make my presentation. And I said, that's why I said, that's why you're killing all these things. That's why you're looked upon as an enemy to us. And... Uh, so he said, then he stands up, he says, he says, we have an obligation, you know, to, to provide water, not only just to people up here to take care of this lake, but we have to provide water for the small communities along the way. And, uh, and when, then uh, some guy from the back was just yelling. He said, well, who gives these orders? He says, the Corps of Engineers at St. Paul. And that, people become angry at that answer. Hey, what? I said, what do you mean, St. Paul? Who, what, what, what are they, what are you releasing for? They said, we release the water for commerce and recreation. Mm. So now it becomes more angrier. People are yelling, recreation, what the hell are they doing down there? And they said, well, we give, we give water to the lakes, I mean, water to the parks. Names off three or four areas and camp campgrounds some of that and the last one was 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 what broke the camel's back the golf clubs <laughs> golf courses there's 18 golf courses that require watering every day and that's when the the, the meeting got out of hand yeah. And uh, those, all those four guys says, come on, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> says, this meeting is, is closed. It's all over. No, it's not over. And you staying right there, and they're trying to <laughs> put security on the doors. But these guys says, no, we're out of here. And so everybody followed them right to their cars, yelling at them, screaming at them. Mm. He says, Banks was right. You're the enemy of the people. Not only Indian people, but white people, black people, everybody up here. That was Dennis Banks, one of the founders of the American Indian Movement, telling the story of how he embarrassed the Corps of Engineers and in doing so built community anger towards their control of lake water levels at his reservation. At the start of the show, we heard from Eamon Russell, a Navajo man, who spoke about the history of uranium mining on his nation and the difficulties in opposing it. I hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy, Melbourne, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. If you want to follow up on anything you've heard in the show, you can contact us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The tracks played in the show were Skin Is My Sin by JSK and Still Strong by Dennis Banks. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in next week. To the four directors that we were born strong. We are strong. And when we leave this world to go to the spirit world, we will leave behind a culture.
culture and a tradition for the seventh generation. We will leave them the stories and songs of our people, of our struggles. Genocide here is a lot more sneaky than it is in Rwanda or other places around the world. It's one thing white fellas learnt in the last 200 years to be very sneaky about their genocide. You look at the 38 nations that were here before white settlement and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country. Well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the other 13? Let's talk about the Black GST. Genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. Tune in to Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR with Robbie Thorpe. Have you heard about 3CR's national programs? Coming at you on community radio stations around Australia, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne. Services will be cut, jobs may well be lost and workers' entitlements will be undermined. Their basic human rights are as important as everyone else. Over 200 million years, individual species have evolved. I mean, birds were once dinosaurs. Anything nasty online seems to be targeted against women. Muckety is a bad deal, but muckety is absolutely not a done deal. You're listening to Women on the Line. Welcome again to Lost in Science. And welcome to another edition of the Radioactive Show. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to Accent of Women. Anarchist Wall this week. Listen to Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. You are listening to Let the Bands Play. Tune in to Stick Together, worker stories and union news. Grassroots Voices broadcast weekly on the Community Radio Network.